Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so seasons we got to break that down we've also got coach shane fry west side red devils he's going to join us in a little bit you know they're coming off that loss to tippecanoe valley uh so i got a lot of questions for him on that and of course then if they win against twin lakes this week uh they will uh be in the hoosier cross or the hoosier uh the crossover game they do the championship against heights so another tough matchup so i want to talk to him and see where uh, their heads are at uh, that's coming up here in just a little bit, but let's go and get started with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Let's start with some high school. What do you think? High school soccer sectionals continue. Boys' side is set for the finals after last night over at Marion. Jeff beats Kokomo 3-2. to So they're in the finals where they'll face Harrison. The Raiders are in thanks to a 3-2 uh, double OT victory there uh, against the uh, Mavericks. They go to shootouts though, at that point, right? I'm not 100% sure on it. I'll just tell you what I read on the uh, box score. But uh, that match at Marion, Saturday at 2, it's Jeff versus the Raiders. Over at Westside, Red Devils, 8-0 winners over Benton Central. They advance to Saturday's final. They'll take on Twin Lakes at 2 p.m. in West Lafayette. At Carroll, Faith Christian won its second game in two days. They beat Central Catholic 5-0. So they're going to face the winners of Rossville and Carroll, who play tonight. As long as the rain lets them play tonight, 2 p.m. on Saturday at Carroll, you'll see Faith Christian versus either Rossville or Carroll. Now on the girls' side, semifinals tonight over at Harrison. Again, weather permitting, 5.30. It's McCutcheon against Kokomo, followed by Harrison and Logansport at 7.30. Winners for the girls' section will play at Harrison Saturday at 7 p.m. At Kankakee Valley, West Lafayette faces Rensselaer Central at 7 p.m. If they win that, it's either New Prairie or Rensselaer Central Saturday, 6 p.m. Again, at Kankakee Valley. And over at B.C., Central Catholic takes on Delphi, 5 p.m. Winner that faces the winner, Faith Christian, in Covington. Uh, They'll play the second game at 7 p.m. That championship match is Saturday, 7 p.m. As I told you at the top of the show, Purdue football learns its conference slate for the next season. It had to be altered with the addition of Oregon and Washington, so the Big Ten team's letting them know what it's going to look like for the next five seasons, at least until they decide to add uh, another team or two. So, here's what you get. At home next season, Nebraska, Northwestern, Oregon, and uh, Penn State. Yeah, I say it that way because I know how much it upsets them. Uh, Away, Illinois. Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. 
That goes to the non-conference slate of Indiana State, Notre Dame, and Oregon State on the road. Let's get into it in a bit. Mel Tucker's uh, lawyers have sent a 106-page letter. It's not a letter, that's a book. With, quote, new evidence to go to Michigan State's interim president and board trustees. That's the administration that's hearing the misconduct allegations against the former Spartan football coach. The letter, which is from one of Tucker's attorneys and was released widely to the media, says the woman who brought forth the claim against Tucker that led to his firing, sexual assault awareness speaker Brenda Tracy, quote, appears to have made a career out of misleading and manipulating people. The letter also details contradictions in her allegations when she filed them back in December of last year, saying, quote, she manipulated a key witness, deleted key evidence, and selectively gave transcripts to the Office of Institutional Equity. He's not the only one firing off letters to administrations. Former Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald has filed a wrongful termination lawsuit. He's looking for an excess of $130 million for lost earnings as well as reputational and punitive damages. Fitzgerald alleges Northwestern unlawfully fired him for cause on July the 10th, three days after announcing a two-week suspension as part of corrective measures from a University Commission hazing investigation into the program. Tonight, Bears in D.C. to take on the Commanders. Bears a six-point dog on the road. What do we do with this one? Well, we won on Philly again last night. Thank you. No sweat out of Philly last night. Tonight, boosts all around here. Our friends over DraftKings got a 50% boost for you to use however you would like. A no-sweat bet for you tonight in the NFL on a same-game parlay or same-game parlay X. Uh, they've added in an NFL stepped-up same-game parlay boost, just like they do in the baseball. So the more legs you add, uh, the bigger your boost is. And they'll get you up to 100% on that. FanDuel put out a boost today that absolutely scares me because I thought I had a good read on this. And early on, I took uh, DJ Moore, 80-plus yards. Brian, uh, no, uh, uh, Scary Terry, over 80 yards, and each to have four-plus receptions. I felt good about that. But then the FanDuel curse kicked in with their boost. Brian Robinson, 40-plus yards. DJ Moore, 40-plus yards. Plus 200. That seems way too good to be true. Which makes me think I'm missing something. I don't like it. I don't like that one at all. Here's what I do know about tonight's game. Okay? A lot of people want to shade to the under. And I think this number is low enough at most places for you to take the over. We're at 44.5 on DraftKings. FanDuel had it at 44.5 as well. Um, here's what I know. Scott Novak's the official tonight. Second most profitable referee for the under since 2020. He's 32 and 19 to the under. Caused a lot of delay of games. False starts at a high rate, which means penalties putting you behind the sticks. Bears, uh, stink at both those calls. Novak calls penalties on home teams at the highest rates every year. Bears have given up 25-plus points in 14 straight games. This is where I start to get nervous about uh, 44.5 points and going the under. 
Chicago defense absolutely crushed with injuries. They don't average very many sacks per game. The pass rush is terrible. They're 31st out of 32 in the league in yards per play. Bears have not seen a game go to the under this season. And primetime unders are cashing at a very high rate. So there's got to be some regression at one point. So as much as I hate it, I'm shading to the over tonight. There's a few player props I like as well. Uh, If I'm going anytime touchdown score tonight, I think the guy to take, and I do like DJ Moore tonight. I got him at plus 170 on DraftKings and then over on, uh, and of course this is just the two that I'm working. Over on FanDuel, I got him at plus 200. I don't hate that. Um, he's at three and a half receptions too. I think four is pretty good for him tonight. He's being more and more targets as the season has gone on. Justin Fields is getting a little bit more comfortable with him. So I like that. But let me give you somebody that's a little bit farther down here that's going to pay off a little bit more. Curtis Samuel, plus 280 on FanDuel. And then I've also got him at uh, plus 290 on DraftKings. Here's why we like Curtis Samuel tonight on that anytime. I, I like getting a little bit of a little bit of a payout here. But outside of Brian Robinson Jr., Samuels is the only player on the Commanders with both red zone targets and carries. Last week he scored on a jet sweep. The Bears stink at stopping pass catchers out of the backfield. They've allowed four touchdowns from that spot. On the season, they've allowed five scores uh, to receivers as well. So a guy that can get in both those spots and that has a history of getting into both those spots, I like that at just under 3-1 to one on the money. Curtis Samuel, that's my anytime touchdown score pick for you to hear this evening. He's not a bad first, down touch, uh, first touchdown pick either, plus 1,400. I think it's pretty good. Justin Fields is not a bad anytime touchdown score tonight. Uh, I think he can get loose against that defense. But he's back. I'm not in on Cole Komet. He is a guy to avoid here this evening. Washington been very good uh, against uh, a lot of tight ends so far this season. They don't allow very many yards to them. Uh, they do a good job of covering them. So I would avoid Chicago tight ends here this evening. That's how I'm playing this tonight. I said I'll probably go with the over. I, I just, I so badly want to take the Bears plus six. That doesn't feel safe by any means, though. I could see myself taking like a teaser here, Bears uh, plus twelve, and then dropping that over under down. Wouldn't be a bad play. I could see myself doing that tonight. But like Curtis Samuel. I do like DJ more tonight, but not as much as I think I like uh, uh, Curtis Samuel here. I do like Washington receivers this evening. The only bad part about having uh, Chicago receivers back this evening is that uh, they also have Dotson's going to be back. So it takes away some of the shares uh, that you would normally like to be partaking in in terms of receivers 
Samuel's over 32 and a half yards receiving. Dotson's over 42 and a half. I like both those, but again, the uh, the curse of the FanDuel boost definitely concerns me a little bit with DJ Moore. But I, I I'll I'll roll the dice on the uh, over. I, I'll take Curtis Samuel on that uh, anytime touchdown. Uh, I like that. I'll maybe even sprinkle a little bit on first touchdown with him as well. We're going to take a break. Hang tight. We're going to come back. Shane Fry is going to join us here next. He'll talk a little bit about Westside football and uh, what they're looking at as they head into Twin Lakes. It was a tough, tough game for them last week. They ran 21 offensive plays last week against Tippecanoe Valley. And that's how much Valley had the football. Uh, we'll talk with him a little bit about that, what he still needs to see out of his team before they hit Next week's crossover championship, as well as sectionals, Shane Fry. He's coming up next a little bit later on. Let's talk about this uh, Purdue football schedule that's now complete for next season. My goodness. Lots to discuss. Hang tight. We're coming right back here on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer. And 101- Welcome back. Hammer Down Show's on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, where Shane Fry awaits head coach of the Westside Red Devils, coming off a 35-13 loss Last week against uh, Tippecanoe Valley Coach Show. Welcome back to the show. We talked last week. We knew this was going to be a tough contest, but, I mean, man, uh, it's hard to win a ball game when you only get, uh, what, 20, 21 possessions uh, to, to run offense, uh, you know, chances to run offense. That is, uh, that's a huge mismatch. I mean, they just they held on the ball. They rushed the ball. They wore you down. And, uh, I mean... Dang, I, that's that that's tough, especially for guys offensively as minded as you to to watch another team hold on to the ball for as long as they did. I mean, that's just that, that that's tough, buddy. Uh, you went yeah. back and watched everything on Saturday. I mean, what kind of conclusions did you guys come to after that performance? They, uh, Tiffany Valley did a great job. Um, you know, they had a game plan and and they stuck to it. Uh, you know, they didn't sweat it when um, you know maybe it was second long, and you know they just kept kept true to their plan and kept running the ball and and we couldn't really stop them um and then uh you know when our offense did get on the field uh, we just couldn't sustain any drives we couldn't get first downs which you know would have been a, a huge deal to you know help with field position and and sort of keep their offense off the field um so it was uh they did a great job we didn't do a very good job and um that's kind of what happened and it feel like a playoff atmosphere Friday night. I know you're trying to prepare your guys' selves for, uh, you know, sectionals and stuff. But uh, having another ranked team come into Gordon Straley, did you get that playoff vibe uh, on Friday? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, such an unfamiliar opponent. Um, you know, and, and not just an unfamiliar opponent. They're so multiple with what they do. Um, you know, we couldn't even really compare them to anyone, uh, just because. You know, you're just not sure how they're going to come out offensively. Um, so it was a it was a great test for us. Um, it's going to make us better um, for our young guys to get to experience uh, a team, you know, that was playing at that level with that type of size. I, I think they I think they start uh, nine seniors on both sides of the ball. So you know, it's a veteran group, and uh, it, it was good for us. And you know, it, it's not going to change a seed in the playoffs. It's not going to change where we play in the playoffs. So. All we have to do is, uh, you know, continue to watch the film and, and get better from our experience. Does this help? Uh, look, I, nobody ever wants to lose, but there can always be some complacency set in when you start to go on win streaks when you when you expect it. Is this was this good from a terms of hey, kind of refocuses, kind of grabs that attention back a little bit and says, hey, this is as easily as it could happen starting in two weeks. 
I hope so. I, and I hope there's not a lot of complacency. Um, you know, certainly our coaching staff is, uh, emphasizing, um, the need for us to, to continue to improve. And, you know, there, even in the games we've won, um, we've found several things that, you know, we know we have to, to improve on in order to, um, have a chance to win our sectional. So hope there's not any complacency going on. And, and I hope the guys, uh, you know, just continue to work and realize, hey, you know, there's a lot of work to do, but it's it's early October and we still have a few weeks to get this corrected. So, um, you know, they've been doing great this week in practice, and I think that's where we are. We're talking with Shane Fry, head coach of the Westside Red Devils here on the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, this week, you guys will uh, welcome in Twin Lakes under uh, new management in, in Kevin O'Shea. A little deja vu there from uh, you know plenty of experience with uh, him uh, as a uh, Central Catholic head coach. Uh, taking a look at the Indians here, uh, how much feels familiar from what you used to watch when uh, he was coaching Central Catholic? Is there anything that you feel like you can kind of go back to? Uh, anything that just I, I don't know, any kind of familiarity, or do you feel like this is a completely different uh, kind of scenario here under Twin Lakes as it was uh, when you used to prepare for him against Central Catholic? Yeah, there, there is some familiarity. Um, he, he's got his team playing hard, no question about it. Um, you, you can tell offensively uh, it's got Coach O'Shea's fingerprints on it right now. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they have an identity, and it's, it is what it is, and they're, they're going to do that, and they're going to keep continuing to improve. And um, they've got a lot of veteran football players that, that are pretty good football players, so we're, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Um, we need to bounce back after a poor performance last Friday night, and, and we need to be ready to play. Is there a- anything here over these last two weeks? You know, uh, it'll be an interesting cross uh, crossover game uh, next week, but is there anything over these last two weeks you feel you still need to see out of your team before you hit sectionals? Absolutely. Um, our offense has to be able to stay on the field. Uh, we, we have to be consistent. We'll, we'll go on streaks um, that, that are really good, and then, and then it, it will just get ugly. Um, I, I want to see some consistency with the offense, and we definitely need our defense to play as, play as one. Um, you know, every time we start going a little bit rogue, um, you know, with certain players trying to do too much or trying to do someone else's job, boy, it, our defense is one that, that is built to be um, – to have our guys play as one and play together, uh, you know the front three, the our linebackers work off the front three and our secondary works off the bat off the front. So it it just has to happen like that. And if it doesn't, uh, we get exposed quick. Um, that's you know week one we learned a lot about that and we continue to get better. But we kind of took a step backwards last week. Um, so we need to continue to improve and it, it's right there and our guys know it. Um, coaching wise, you know, it starts with me and, and I, I've got to get our guys ready to play on Friday night. And I felt like last Friday, for whatever reason, um, we came out and, you know, we were not ready to play the football game. And, and that starts with our coaching staff and it starts with me. And we got to get our guys ready to play on Friday night. Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils again, uh, there at Gordon Shirley this weekend, uh, this Friday, I should say, uh, 7 p.m. as they host the Twin Lakes Indians as Kevin O'Shea comes on back to town. Uh, to take on the Red Devils coach. It's always great talking with you. I'm looking forward to seeing the Red Devils rebound this week and head into that crossover game and play for a conference title. Best of luck on Friday. All right, thanks a lot. 
Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. You can always reach out on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. You know I love hearing from you at 765 447 4080. That number again is 765 447 4080. Well, we have got uh, a look at the future for Purdue football. And it is, quite frankly, scary as all get out. Conference releasing its Big Ten football schedule for the next five seasons. The objective of the Big Ten was to ensure that each team plays one another at least twice, once at home, once on the road, over a five-year period. Play, uh, teams will play each conference opponent twice. They will not play an opponent three times over the five-year period, aside from the 12 protected matchups. They're a combination of historic geographic rivalries and trophy games. Purdue gets two of those in Illinois and Indiana. That's good for fans. That is good right now for your schedule. Because those are two teams that you have had success against. And they're two teams that, uh, I mean, Illinois had some ups there. Yeah, Indiana had the one run, but, I mean, let's take a look at where, let's be real, where we're at right now. Outside of getting Northwestern on the schedule every year, that's that's pretty darn good. So it breaks down like this for Purdue next season. You're going to have home matchups in the Big Ten against Nebraska, Northwestern, Oregon, and Penn State. On the road, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Here's what stinks is you've got both of your trophy games. They're lined up home away, home away, home away. little annoying, yeah, but again, much rather have them on than not have them on. But you like to have one away and one at home. That would be nice. That's the way it's going now. It's it is what it is. It is what it is. Oh, um, yeah. Away your Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Pretty tough. Lord knows that Michigan State will be next year. I think you still like playing Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State. Tough to go over there, Wisconsin. Well, you know, we all know what that story is. But the thing that really sets us apart for you for next season is that non-conference slate. You open up September the 7th against Indiana State. No problem. But then you've got Notre Dame, then you've got Oregon State. Ugh. Thankfully, you're at home for the Notre Dame game, but you got to go out to Oregon State. That's your big travel date. You only got to go out to the West Coast once. That happens, but oh my gosh. Is that a schedule? Going by this week's AP Top 25, you have got road matchups Against Ohio State, ranked fourth. 
You're at home against 10th-ranked Notre Dame. You're at home against 8th-ranked Oregon. You have three top 10 teams already in there. You're lucky you dodge Washington. And Michigan. So you got three in the top 10 there. You have a non-conference game at currently ranked 15th, Oregon State. You know, Wisconsin's getting votes right now. Holy smokes. Three top 10 teams, a four top 25 team. You know, and two of those, you know, two of those are self inflicted with the non conference schedule. Now, when they put the Oregon State thing together, I'm sure nobody envisioned this is what the conference was going to look like at the time. But I mean, what do you what do you do? Number four, number six, number eight, number ten, and number fifteen. Sorry, I missed one, so it's five. That's five. That's five games right now. That if odds makers were sitting down for this, you're not winning. And you got six to get to a bowl game. And we thought this year was tough for Purdue. We thought this was going to be tough out the gate. That's nothing compared to what's knocking on the door next year. Oh, boy. That's assuming Nebraska doesn't get a whole lot better. Michigan State can't get a whole lot better. I mean, where do you really like your odds right now? If if you were to play the schedule right now, you'd like Indiana State. You'd like Illinois. You'd like Indiana. Hey, right now, Michigan State, cool. Northwestern is five. You want to talk about no room for air for making a bowl. Whew. That's it right there. 2025, you get USC coming. But you got to go to Washington. You got to go to Minnesota. You got to go to the big house. I mean, this is the new reality here of what you got. You won't go to California until 2026 when you got to take on UCLA. And you're not going to USC until 2028. But the immediate future, I, I ask myself, has a Purdue schedule ever been tougher than what they've got in 2024? I mean, that's going to be tough... That's tough on recruiting. That's tough on fans that want wins. I mean, for as much as Indiana football fans, the few of them that they actually are that aren't Notre Dame football fans, complain about playing out there in the uh, leaders or legends or East or where, where the heck we're calling it, we used to call it. I'd like to see how many other teams have five top 15 teams. Is that where? No, Oregon's 15th. Yeah, five top 15 teams on their schedule. It, it, that don't happen.
Georgia's got four, and they're the number one team in the country, and none of them are in the top ten. Alabama's got three. No, they got four. None of them are in the top ten. This is absolutely brutal. So I don't know if Purdue, I can't imagine Purdue's going to try to get out of one of those games. I mean, you sure as heck don't want to give up the Notre Dame game at home. Maybe there's a way to get out of Oregon State. I don't know. Is that really worth it to you? Do you want to shy away from it? I mean, you want to make a bowl game. I think you got to get you got to get another softy in there to give yourself a little bit of room. Otherwise, I mean, your path to a bowl game next year, as it would stand right now, would be Nebraska, Northwestern at home, Illinois, Indiana on the road, Indiana State, Michigan State. That's your six wins. Because you're just going to be too much of an underdog against Ohio State. you got to think Wisconsin and Nebraska uh, continue to get better, and you're already chasing Wisconsin. Nebraska, you know, let's see. Michigan State could get a little bit better, plus you got to go to Michigan State for that game. This is just, boy, this is tough. I, I, thought, I thought basketball had a tough schedule this year. Whew. That is nothing compared to what football has on deck. Now, the other side of that token is, look, if you want to get better, you've got to play better teams. Right? You want to get a buzz, you got to get wins against top 15 teams. And you've got five chances to do that. Five games where you're playing with house money. Three of them are at home. So I guess there's two ways to look at it. Either it's gloom and doom, you're lucky to get to six here, or you got five opportunities here to really make a case that this program is continuing to climb and get better. Because this schedule was the next logical step after competing in a Big Ten championship game, was having this kind of caliber of a schedule. And if you want to see this team continue to get better, this is what's going to happen. I, I, I'm, I'll write this up tomorrow um, for the high school football preview. But, you know, Harrison's got to play Logansport. And I know they're, you know, I, I hear people all the time around Harrison still not very happy with the Berries after they bolted and went to the Hoosier after voting them out. But, not playing in that division, not coming down the stretch and playing, you know, like a, a Tech, Marion, and a Richmond, and instead going out there and playing some much better five and six A teams is going to make them a better team heading into the sectional than it would be beating up on Richmond with the backups, Tech with the backups, Marion with, you know, JV kids. That's not going to make you any better. You got to be able to push yourself. Otherwise, what are we doing? I mean, do you want like an easy cupcake schedule uh, of a West? Go to the Big Ten championship game and get absolutely, you know, slaughtered by somebody that's any good? I don't know if I want that year in and year out. It'd be nice to go, don't get me wrong, but at one point you want to start winning 
real matchups of consequence here. Real going to real bowl games. This is how you do it. You, you got to play these teams and you got to beat these teams. Welcome to the new Big Ten. You want to be in it. You want the money. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have a very strong schedule year in and year out in football. It's just the way it is. It's what drove the money to begin with. And now's the time to prove that you belong here. And Purdue's going to have to find a way to do that. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed, and we wrap up the Hammer Down Show next on... Let's go. Hammer Down Show, 1017 Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Big thank you for listening today. Big thank you to uh, Coach Shane Fry for being on as well. Uh, you know, Don't forget tomorrow morning, I do the full write-ups here on uh, all the games. You hear all the coaches and stuff uh, over at 1017thehammer.com. You usually get that up like around 9 o'clock or so in the a.m., so it's good right when you roll into work. You're not ready to start work on a Friday at 9, so uh, make sure that you uh, go and uh, you, you check that stuff out. All right, let's get into uh, some of the things we may have missed. Uh, I like this. I saw this on TMZ Sports today. AT&T is partnering up with uh, Gallaudet University. I hope I say that right. To introduce, uh, it's something new for deaf football players. 5G connected helmets that will show the play call on the visor. Helmets allow coaches to communicate with their team from the sideline by selecting a play from a tablet which will then show up on the players' visors. Athletes apparently are uh, pretty stoked about it. It's got like it's just like a little lens that's uh, right over you know one of your eyes. There, I think that's pretty cool. Now, is that going to be allowed if they want to go to the collegiate level and into the pros eventually? Yeah, that'll be something new. Is this something that the NFL decides that they want to try out instead of the? Uh, you know the one head device. You know the headset device. I don't think it goes that much. I think the players would much rather have the uh, listening device. But I could be wrong. But I like that they're trying. They're designing and trying to do something like this. Um, that is that's a super cool invention. So shout out to uh, to, to AT and T. Uh, shout out to Jamal Adams. Uh, he took a lot of flack the other night. Uh, in their, uh, they play Sunday or Monday night, the Seahawks. It was Monday night football, right? He got taken out of that game. He just come back from injury. So he comes back and gets a concussion, gets pulled by the independent, um, you know, guy that overlooks everything for the uh, union to see whether or not, you know, he has a concussion and gets tested. And, you know, Adams was not very happy about that. Video surfaced of him yelling at that man. That doctor. And then uh, he did a very good thing and he went, he publicly, he publicly apologized. He's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't myself. Took the hit. Doesn't, it's not an excuse, but I want to apologize. You're looking out for, you know, my health. You're looking out for players' best interests. I appreciate that. And it's not always easy to go back and apologize like that. Uh, I'm glad that he did it. Shout out to him. Utah is capitaling, uh, capitalizing on the NIL as the headline reads, all of Utah scholarship players got a truck from their collective today. 
They look like, uh, I think they're like Toyota Tundras. But every scholarship player got one. Now, there's fine print on this, as there always is with these things. They just didn't hand out 52 free trucks. And that's that. No, they're all leases. They're for six months at a time. So, if the semester ends and they decide that they're going to leave, guess what? You don't have the car anymore. Fair? Yeah, sure. Not bad. Here's the other thing that people are not bringing up to. They're responsible for all the taxes. I believe they've got to pay the registration fees, license plate fees for all this stuff, too. So are you getting a free truck? Yes. Are you making enough money to where you're going to be able to pay the taxes on the lease? Are you going to be able to pay the registration fees? There's, there's my question. How many people actually do get to take advantage of this? Here's my other issue. And this is like the Larry David in me here. You're driving the same truck as everybody else. So when you're going out of the parking lot after practice to go get your truck, good luck finding it. <laughs> you're, you're parked in a sea of in, in the exact same looking trucks. A few of them are different colors, yes. <laughs> but still, <laughs> what's that? The exact same truck as everybody else. Look, this is a win for Utah because the headline reads, Utah scholarship players get free trucks. The fine print tells you otherwise, as is everything in life. Players seem happy. I hope they're able to afford the taxes and all that other stuff. I don't want them to not have the trucks. But hopefully they're able to do that. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for them. Finally, this Pat Fitzgerald stuff service again. Darren Rovell on Twitter is just... He's, he's a Northwestern guy. He loves Fitzgerald. They were winning under Fitzgerald. And he took to his Twitter yet again to uh, to put on the cape for him and to holler at the university. I love my school, but the school's not winning this case against Pat Fitzgerald. Time to settle. The sooner, the better. If Fitzgerald gets fired under the condition of he should have known, the AD should have known, too. The president must be fired for botching everything. And then we got to some bizarre argument about CEOs knowing what's going on. He says the craziest part about the coach should know everything narrative is CEOs of $100 million corporations do not know 85% of what goes on in their organization. That corporate setup is designed so they don't know and can focus on other things. Buddy, he's not running a $100 million company. He is running a football team with the athletes. Now, he can delegate stuff. Two coaches, you can't delegate responsibility. And you can't say things like he's never in the locker room. He is in the locker room. He's the coach. The investigation could go ahead and take on, but it's it such a weird hill to die on right now. But he is a weird dude. But I don't know if I'd be... I. Uh, you do you, man. What are you going to do? I'm out of here. That's going to do it for me. Uh, don't forget, you can always go back and re-listen to these episodes. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're everywhere, baby. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Sam King will join us. Lafayette Journal and Courier will get you set for some high school football action tomorrow night. 
And uh, we'll uh, recap whatever happens in this Bears game tonight, if anything actually happens in this Bears game tonight. We'll see. I'll see you back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock, for another round of the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com.